We are celebrating in a number of ways today. Uh, you can see that we're going to have communion uh, in just a little while uh, at the close of the message this morning. Um, when we have communion here, communion is uh, what we would say is open communion. What that means is if you know Christ and you're a believer, you are welcome at this table. Uh, with us. You don't have to be a member of this church or uh, any other kind of requirements other than you know Christ, then come on in. Have, have, uh, have this meal with us today. Uh, so when we get ready to serve, you're welcome uh, to join us as we take communion, and we hope that you would. Um, even if you make a decision for him today in this place, we would welcome you uh, to eat this bread and juice with us. Uh, we, this summer, we have been talking about uh, a concept like, called margin. Uh, we've been thinking about margin in terms of, uh, I kind of described for you back on Memorial Weekend, uh, this whole idea of how uh, on a Word document you might select your margins. Um, sometimes I might select very small margins if I'm the only one dealing with the document or if I need it to look good, you know, I may select wider uh, in different fonts and all that. We have ability to do that with some of our documents like that. Well, I've been talking to you about margin all throughout the summer in different ways uh, that we could talk about. We did a series in the middle of the series, which was called Breath. And we've been talk we talked about breath and God's breath on us. Um, in the last few weeks, we've talked about some contrasting views about margin, like how we deal with worry, uh, contentment. And then last week, we talked about uh, fruitfulness and how to be fruitful and productive in our life. Some of us are kind of like this delivery truck driver that I heard about, he delivered for the pet store. And so one day he's out in his deliveries, and so the story goes, he stops at the stoplight, he hops out, he takes this two by four, and he bangs on the side of his truck, and then he gets back in when the light changes and moves on. Well, one guy that was kind of following him said, I can't stay, take it anymore. So he pulled up beside him in the lane and said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm delivering canaries today and I have four tons of canaries, but I have a two-ton truck. So I have to beat on the side of it so that I have at least half of them in the air at all times. Uh, I think sometimes we're sort of like that, right? We need the ability to sort of uh, lighten our load. Uh, that's what margin has been about. And lo and behold, right in the middle of this margin series, God gave me a heart attack so that it would just scare the daylights out of me and many of you. And uh, so we just had, we just had like the perfect, the perfect storm of this whole summer uh, talking about this. Now, the truth is, today, you know, I want to make sure that we don't, uh, we don't just come, you know, you're really not just listening to me. You, you know that the real preacher this morning is the Holy Spirit. You know, there's like two sermons going on at the same time. Uh, I got one, and you get one. Now, you might get parts of mine, but you're going to get all of the Holy Spirits. Like, if you were taking notes, really, you ought to have my notes and his notes, because he's going to say things to you that I probably didn't even say, you know, ways that he's going to connect all this to you. So, to this morning, we're listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say. So, let's walk out of here making some decisions, some choices um, about what, all this stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of uh, running on empty, being filled instead of running on empty. So a little a couple of questions. First of all, I wondered, uh, 
how low do you let your gas tank go before you refill it? We'll do a little survey here. How many of you would say, uh, when my tank gets about half full, I usually find some gas? Any of you? About half full there? Okay, how about um, maybe like three quarters? You got about a quarter of a tank left, you're going to get... Okay, some of you are just not telling the truth, but that's all right. Um, uh, how many of you would say, um, I let it run just about to the end, like I scare, that, that's, that's how, there you go, there you go. Uh, we got one of those cars now that uh, we've had for two, a couple of years or so, maybe a little longer. We got one of those that runs it all the way down. Uh, you know, the one we had before would stop at about 35 miles, and so you kind of had to guess at the end. It didn't want to go all the way to the end, but now this one will go all the way to zero. Like, you can, you can watch it and count it down. Well, one time we're traveling, and I'd been wanting to do this, but I knew she, you know, this is kind of a male-female sort of thing, don't you think, guys? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was wondering what it would do. So, uh, I'm driving along, and I'm not really paying attention. We got about 15, 14, something left on that. We're out in the interstate. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, mm-hmm, I'm in trouble now. You know, uh, I looked at the signs, and I realized that the gas station was about 20-something miles away, and I had, like, 15 left, you know. So, so it's going down. Well, the thing dings at different places, you know. Uh, so she's over here dozing, and then this thing dings. And, man, she's awake. Uh, <laughs> so it's like 10 left, and here we go. And I said, it's going to be fine. It's going to be all right. And so we're going down, and she said, how many do we have left? And I said... And uh, then we got to one place. I said, okay, you know, it kind of made this little ding. That meant zero. So we were at zero, nothing left. And I knew, I, like, I knew it was at least five, maybe six. You know, you got to get off, and you never know where it is exactly. So we got there. So we were all like, she is sweating it. Honestly, I'm sweating it, too. <laughs> so... Uh, but I did. I didn't wonder if it, what it was. I thought they couldn't have made it run out at zero. You know, that'd be ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> so we get there. We get to the gas station. It went eight over, and I made it. So I didn't. I didn't run out of gas. So that was that's pretty good. Don't. That's the Ford Edge. I don't know about yours or whatever. So, uh, so don't take that from me. So, uh, how many of you ever ran out of gas? That you, you just ran, yeah, a bunch of us. We, you know, ran out of gas, um, you know, had to, had to call somebody or had to walk or had to do something. To, um, what, what I want to talk about, the first thing in this message is um, why do you run out of gas? Now, when you talk about it related to your vehicle, we can understand that. But I want to tell you, these reasons, I'm going to give you 10 reasons why you run out of gas. But actually, we're making the parallel to us in our lives. So why you run out of gas with your vehicle kind of can give you an idea of why you run out of gas. You, you know you can run out of gas physically, right? You can run out of gas emotionally. You can run out of gas relationally, spiritually, uh, financially. Um, so some ideas here. So just fill in the blanks as we're going along. If you haven't pulled out your notes yet, I encourage you to do that. Uh, some ways that you can think about these things and definitely looking at the scripture in just a few minutes. So we're thinking about balance. We're thinking about margin. We're thinking about instead of living this full, exhausted life, how do we remain filled? Or maybe we would say fulfilled uh, as, we are, as we are walking with God and living our lives. So, 10 reasons why you run out of gas. Number one, not starting out with a full tank. Not starting out with a full tank. What that relates to is how do you start your day? 
uh, you know, how you start your day many times sets your day. If you don't start your day with a full tank, you're going to be running on empty by the end of the day. So starting on a full tank emotionally, uh, spiritually, that's why we need time with God, right? That was that whole emphasis of breath, God breathing on us, God's spirit breathing into and on us. Uh, so not starting out with a full tank. Uh, number two, uh, reason to run out of gas is too busy to pause and refuel. Too busy to pause and refuel. Anybody relate to that? Uh, we're in a hurry. You're busy. You say, um, well, I'm going to push it just a little bit. I got a little bit more to do. I got another, I'm late for my appointment. I don't have time to stop and get gas. Uh, you can run out of gas. It's true in our life. If we don't take regular periods of spiritually re refueled, emotionally refueled, renewing relationships, we can easily run out of gas. That's one of the things I pray about this, that this morning when you come here, that you don't feel like all stressed out, that you come and have this, you just feel like you got a whole breath of fresh air, that your Monday is going to be so much better because you came to church on Sunday. Amen? That's, that's, what, that's what we believe about, about this. That's why when you hang out at church and you decide you don't come for a while, many people say, man, I am so messed up. i got to get back in church, right? Uh, once we realize that. So number three. Number three, the reason we run out of gas is, how about this? Unaware of hidden link, leaks that are draining me. Hmm. Hidden leaks that are draining. Sometimes we have leaks in our tank that can cause us to realize that we are, uh, we're being drained. Drained to empty. Uh, sometimes we get drained by relationships. Sometimes we get drained by the responsibilities that we have. Uh, you know, those things that can be taking a toll on us. So it's an evaluation. If you have a leak in your, real, your vehicle gas tank, uh, it doesn't matter how much gas you got in there, you're going to run out before you intended to. Hidden leaks. How about this one, number four? Ignoring the owner's manual and pushing my car farther than it was created to go. Did you know that there's an owner's manual in your glove box? I know you never read it, but it's in there. It's in there. And if you look at it, it will tell you how far your car will go. It'll, it'll talk to you about how, how big your tank is. Um, you know, the people that created your vehicle know how far it would go. You know, they weren't surprised that I made it to the gas station. They, they knew. They had tested it over and over again, and they're just playing with us by putting that zero there. See, that's it. <laughs> um, um, recognizing that there is an owner's manual. Did you know that God has given us a life owner's manual? It's called the Bible. God has given us an owner's manual, and, uh, you know, no matter how much you look at that owner's manual in your vehicle, I guarantee you that the owner's manual will not tell you that you, your tank is bigger than you think it is. You know, your tank, I, I'm not sure how much mine holds, but it's probably 20 gallons, maybe a little bit over that. Uh, no matter what I do, I can run that thing as far as I want to, but all of a sudden, you know, my tank did not get any bigger when I was out in the middle of nowhere looking for a gas station. It was the same size it always was. You know, sometimes we think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to get bigger. But the truth is, the Bible guides us of how to live, how to live our lives. Um, God gave you a certain size tank. And if you live according to his plan and his purposes, that you'll be able to go just as far as he wants you to go. But when you push it, you know, the, the Bible says, uh, take a day off every seven days. 
Well, what's it talking about? You know, it's not just talking about taking a day off. It's talking about Sabbath, being restored, being refreshed. You know, Sabbath is not just about coming to worship. Sabbath is about rest. Sabbath is about restoration. Uh, it's about refreshing your body. Um, you know, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Somebody said the other day, boy, I wasn't very productive on my day off. I, just, I took like a two-hour nap, and I thought, isn't that crazy that we would say a nap is like the least productive thing we're doing? It might be the most important thing you did, that you were able to get a little bit. The owner's manual, if we ignore it, your tank's not going to get any bigger, uh, and you can easily run out of gas. Number five, hurry. Hurry is a reason that we run out of gas. The faster I drive, the faster I run out of gas. Did you know that you use more gas going 80 than you do going 45? Uh, you use up more gas. Driving fast, even if you love that, waste gas. Hurry in your life depletes emotions, your spirit, your energy, your body. So the question becomes, what is the speed of my life? What's the speed? Uh, what am, how am I burning the fuel that I have that he's given to me? You know, throughout this, like the very first message of this whole concept was on Memorial Weekend, and I talked to you about slowing your pace, figuring out how to, how to build margin into your life because hurry can cause you to run out of gas faster. Number six, being distracted and not watching my gauges or just not believing them when I look at them. Hmm. So, did you know you have gauges? Gauges that tell you uh, about the water that you have in your radiator and your gas amount and your oil and all those kind of things. You can get distracted, not paying attention to them. Or you can say, I don't really believe them. That's not really true. You know, that's wishful thinking. When you don't watch the gauges in your life, there are warning signs that you're going too fast, too far, not recharging, not renewing, and that you may end up in the ditch or on the side of the road. What kind of gauges am I talking about? How about um, sleep? Sleep is a good gauge. Are you getting enough sleep? Um, you know, danger, 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 Will Robinson. You know that, that little phrase. Um, so if you're not, uh, other gauges, gauge, how do you like this one? I think irritability, don't elbow anybody, irritability is a, is a good gauge. You know, if you notice, if you have self-awareness, you know, I know when I'm irritable. I don't like to admit that, but, you know, um, you know it, it can be a warning light. Do you know what I, I realized? Kim, I'm talking about her a lot today. I don't know where she is. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kim loves tenderloid a lot more than irritable Lloyd. You don't look shocked. <laughs> because they love tender you way more than they love irritable you. Right? Because irritability is a warning that something's not quite right with me. I'm not sleeping enough. I'm messed up. I got stuff on my heart. I'm stressed out. Uh, so those, those are all gay. You, you know, in, the, uh, in Israel, there are two significant lakes. That, the, one's in the northern part of Israel, and it's called the Sea of Galilee. Uh, in the southern part, there's another sea, and it's called the Dead Sea. And in between is the Jordan River. So the Sea of Galilee empties into the Jordan, down into the Dead Sea. You know, the Sea of Galilee is beautiful. Reagan, they do professional commercial fishing 
on the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it's alive. It is healthy. They farm the area around there. It's beautiful. The Dead Sea, guess what? It's dead. That's why they call it dead. There's nothing living in it. It's full of salt and minerals and chemicals, and it's so dense that basically you can't even sink into the Dead Sea. You just, just float. I've heard people say, well, I can't float. Well, you float in the Dead Sea because you can't sink in it. Uh, what's the difference between the living Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea is taking in and going out. You know, the Sea of Galilee takes in and then gives out. All the Dead Sea does is take in. You know, to have balance and margin in your life, you got to take in and you got to give out. Take in and give out. Uh, because otherwise, you end up just running on empty. i got to finish these. Number seven. Number seven is being overloaded. The more I carry, the sooner I run out of gas. Being overloaded. Carrying too much weight. Kind of like that two-ton truck I told you about. Uh, it's, it's basically lying to yourself at times. Well, I can handle this. I can, I can make this happen. You kind of grit your teeth and you're overloaded, you get more overloaded, and your gas tank becomes uh, depleted. Number eight. Eight is pressure to do it now. Pressure to do it now. Rapid acceleration waste gas. Um, you know that. You know, you know about you, you're pulled up to the stoplight and this guy over beside you, and then the light changes, put pedal to the metal, and he's gone. Well, he's using a lot more gas. We recognize that. It's, uh, so when that happens in your life, whether it's emotionally, physically, financially, whatever it is, you realize that the, the pressure, the stress, I got to get this done, I got to do that, all those things end up taking away from the energy that we have. Number nine. Nine, this one hits pretty close to home. One of the reasons that I run out of gas is pride. Thinking that the limits of my tank don't apply to me. Poo on that one. I really don't like that one. You know, you think you're Superman, Superwoman. I can do it. I can handle it. Uh, you think that the laws of nature, the laws of God, the physical laws, uh, that God wired me differently. Man, I'm just saying stuff I've said. Doggone. You know, I don't... Yeah, I, 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 I just handle it better. I, just, I, I, I can do it. You know what all that is? It's just plain arrogance, ego, pride. Those things will cause you to run out of gas. They will drain you. I can do it. I can, I can push, push through. I, can, I, don't need, I don't need to re, 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 be refilled. Uh, thinking that the limits of my tank don't apply to me. Just apply that one. Don't say amen or anything. Just, just accept that one, right? Number, last one, um, number 10, no margin, not allowing time to fill up, not allowing time to fill up. That's what we've been talking about this whole, this whole summer, not making enough time, uh, knowing your own gas and kind of just pushing it to the end, lack of margin. Uh, now, when you look at these 10 things, um, running on empty, uh, you know, I, I know that we are all there. Don't you run into people all the time? And one of the main topics that people talk about all the time is how tired and how busy we are, right? I don't want to talk about that. Like, I'm not telling people how, you know, I need to do something about it. I need to quit complaining about it and decide to do something about it. Can I hear an amen? That's what we're talking about today, is that I got plenty of excuses about why I'm running low, why I'm, but deciding that I'm going to do something about it. So we're talking about making space, making margin, 
what do we want God to do? We're going to worry less. We're going to find more contentment. We're going to be people of greater productivity by creating margin. Now, so this message is how to keep filled. The verse is Matthew 11, 28 to 30. A couple different translations for you so you can kind of hear these words. First is uh, from the contemporary English version. It's a little different version. Uh, here, here it goes. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, if you are tired, don't you want to say if what? If you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me. Did you say that? Say come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your soul. For the yoke I share with you is easy. Easy to wear. And the load is light. The message says, are you tired, worn out, burned down on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforth, unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you four things. Uh, four ways that we can decide how, how, what we're going to do with this as we continue to walk into the fall. Number one, I think this makes it clear that you have to get fed up. Get fed up. What I mean with, about that is fed up with how I'm living. Uh, you got to have a sense of dissatisfaction about it. You know, nothing really happens in my life until I'm dissatisfied enough to do it. You know, as long as I'm willing to live in the rut, as long as I'm willing to live in the same pace, as long as I'm willing to live overextended, as long as I'm willing to live sick and tired of being sick and tired, nothing happens, nothing changes. Till you decide you're going to get balanced. You're going to make some choices. Uh, what causes us to get dissatisfied? What causes us to decide we're going to change? Well, pain. Pain does. You know, we don't change when you see the light. You change when you feel the heat, when you feel the pain. Um, I, I changed. I, I changed a lot. It got my attention. And you will not change. I'm not just talking about health, but health is an issue, stress is an issue, margin. You know what I've been praying? Wouldn't it be great if we're the healthiest bunch of people in Tazewell County? Shouldn't we be? Yeah, we, we've learned how to deal with the stresses and problems that come to us. We learn how to deal with our marriage difficulties, our relationships. We learn how to deal with our relationship with food, how to deal with our relationship with the people at our job, definitely the people in our family. Wouldn't it be a blessing if we prayed to be the most healthy people in our county because of Christ, because of what he does? Because we, we make a lot of excuses why I'm not, all that pride stuff I talked about. He's wanting us to recognize will we get fed up enough that we're going to make some changes. 
You know, Psalm 23 says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He ever made you lie down? Sometimes he makes us to lie down if we've been carrying too, uh, too many burdens uh, upon us. So first thing he is encouraging, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you tired from carrying heavy burdens? Uh, let's get fed up with living out of balance and find margin. Let's decide that God can help us with the very things. And, and everybody's different. You know, what I just said about being healthy is different for every single person here. But I think God's challenging us about that. Number two, he says, Jesus says, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Some of you, I hear people say, we had a come to Jesus moment. Well, maybe that's what we're having right now. Come to Jesus. In this passage, he uses three different verbs. Come, take, and learn. Come, take, and learn. Uh, First thing he says is come to me. Come to me and bring me the good in your life, the bad in your life, the frustrating, the painful, the shameful, the exhausting, everything. Come to me and I will give you a nice sermon. Nope. Come to me and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you rest. He's encouraging us to be refilled, to be restored. Come to me. He doesn't say come to church. He doesn't say come to a religious way of life. He doesn't say come to certain rules or rituals. He doesn't say come to the regulation. You know, all those things might be important. No, those aren't bad things. He 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 never says come to this program I have for you or come to this philosophy or this pill. You know, it's come to a person. Come to Jesus. Come to me. Uh, You know, in the Bible, people came to Jesus for all kinds of reasons. Some came for forgiveness. Some came for healing. Some came for advice. Some came for eternal life. Some came for food. Some came to criticize him. Some came to question. Some were skeptics. Uh, You know what the thing is? Jesus didn't care why people came to him as long as they came. They came to him. Jesus is not really worried about why you're coming. He wants you to come to him. If you're wiped out, if you're tired, worn out, stressed, depressed, lonely, guilty, ashamed, angry, bitter, hurting, unfulfilled, worry, Jesus says, come to me, come to me. Whoever comes to me, Jesus says, I will never reject. So no matter what your past is, no matter what your present, no matter what you think your future is, Jesus says, come to me. He's not looking for you to come to a seminar or read the next book or buy a tape or a CD or a DVD. He says, I will never reject you if you come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. Rest from tension, rest from anxiety, rest from hurry, rest from worry, rest from stress, rest from the expectations of others, rest from comparison and all those things. Notice the verse, Isaiah 40, 29, says he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord find new strength. Uh, I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your soul. Uh, He encourages to all of us, uh, reminding us what he wants to do for us. Number three. Uh, The two things we saw, um, get fed up, come to Jesus. Number three, give up control. Oh, boy, there it is. Give up control. Sometimes the reason that we're overloaded is that we try to control everything. The reason that we 
get overloaded is we're trying to control too much around it. We go around as if everything depends on me, if I got to hold it together. And, uh, you know, the, the more you try to be in control, the greater your need for control. The more overloaded, the most, more stressed that you are, the more you realize that things are beyond your control. You know, the only thing that God wants you to control is yourself. You know that little fruit of the Spirit? Remember that one? Self-control. That's all he wants you to control. Because you can't control your, your parents. You can't control your kids. You can't control your spouse, your future, your past, your, the economy, uh, co-workers. I think it's so interesting how people talk to me about the country. and uh, like, like they can control what's going on on the news. You know, you ever notice that? You know, you know, our worry and our anxiety about it is going to just, you know, I think that's important. We should pray about all that stuff. But Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. I had somebody say one time, boy, that sounds like a job right there. Well, you know what a yoke is. A yoke is where two animals, it's not like an egg yoke, by the way. You know, it's not that kind of yoke. Um, it's a yoke where two animals are put together. They put this yoke, this piece of wood on them so that the cattle or oxen or horses can pull the cart or the carriage or whatever it might be, can pull the weight together. It's a wooden frame where two or more animals are put together because the purpose of a yoke is to share and lighten the load to share and lighten the load. So when the animals are put together, they're not stressed out because one of them is trying to accomplish the task themselves. They are brought together. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Yoke up with me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Did you know God has no load? You know, some people think sometimes, well, God, I'm sorry to bother you because I know you've got this whole world and all the poverty and all the things that are going on. God has no load. God is all-powerful. And when he says, take my yoke, he says, I'm going I'm to partner with you to help you carry the load that you have. That we are, because you try to do it on your own, that's how you ended up where you are, right? Trying to do it on our own. Uh, I love Psalm 55, 22. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. That's from the message. Uh, you know, every time I get detached from Jesus, every time I'm disconnected, I get stressed because the yoke, when I'm yoked with Jesus, I recognize that the yoke symbolizes partnership and control. Partnership and control. We use the yoke to partner with him, and then he is the one that's in control. So when I'm yoked with Jesus, we move together in the same direction and the same pace. Same direction and same pace. You know, the faster, you can't go faster with, than Jesus if you're yoked to him. When you go in a different direction, you're not yoked to him. He's reminding us. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's pretty good. Um, somebody told me one time, I want to be so close to Jesus that if I turn around, I bump into him. I love that. Did you get that? He's not over there somewhere. He, he's right with you, right in step, walking, walk, walking with you. And he's guiding our steps.
Um, the psalmist talks about ordering your steps. Order your steps in your word, Psalm 119. Or Romans 3.28 uh, says, Our lives get in step with God by letting him set the pace. Letting him set uh, the pace. I came across this, um, this little quote. I put it there for you so you'd have it. Um, uh, maybe even cut that out or put it somewhere where you can see it. It's kind of a Psalm 23, but it's called, The Lord is my pace setter. Listen to this. The Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness, which restore my serenity. Whew. He leads me in a way of efficiency through calmness of mind, and his guidance is peace. And even though I have a great many things to accomplish each day, I will not fret, for his presence is here. His timelessness, his all-importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of all my activity. By anointing my mind with the oils of tranquility, my hope, my cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in his house forever. You know, the truth is, I'm going to be yoked to somebody or something. I might as well be yoked to Jesus, connected to him. Instead of being yoked to the expectations of other people, or yoked to my boss or my spouse or some friend, yoked to something. You can even kind of get yoked up to the devil. He would love that. Uh, just allow it. Take my yoke, Jesus said. It's the easiest way. It's the connection that we have to him. Take my yoke. Give up control. You're going to be at peace when you walk with me. One more. Fourth one is learn to trust. Learn to keep your tank filled by learning to trust. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Notice, Jesus didn't say, learn from me, because I know how to deal with endurance and stamina. Learn from me. I'll teach you how to be the most religious person. Nope, he says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Um, he wants us to be loving, humble, not be overwhelmed. Psalm 142, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 20, 24 says, Since the Lord is directing our steps, why well, try to understand everything that happens along the way? Psalm 142, 3, when I'm ready to give up, he knows what I should do. So, um, what are we going to do? You know, one thing you can do on your own is Matthew 6, 6. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there and simply and honestly as you can manage, focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Let's stand up. What are you doing about this concept? Um, I, I ask you uh, to think about uh, what he wanted you to do. So uh, what's your response going to be? What's your desire? What's your plan? Uh, what are you going to decide? Could you get just fed up with some area of your life and make a decision about margin? What are you going to do about your stress? What are you going to do about your, uh, your physical, emotional, uh, whatever it is that God is speaking to you about? Remember, I told you the Holy Spirit's been preaching his message, so that's the one I want you to pay attention to. That's the one I want you to, to respond to this morning. So here's how we're going to close, a couple different ways. Uh, one is we're going to take communion in a few moments. But before we do that, I wanted to lead us in a directed prayer. 
A directed prayer is a way for us to be able to pray together. So um, you're not going to close your eyes. You're going to see the prayer on the screen. So we're going to pray it slowly together. And I want you to pray this to God. Uh, You don't know the words ahead of time, but we'll take it nice and slow so that we can pray and ask God. This is what, these are, these are some of the words that we talked about throughout this series that we could go to God and say, these are some of the choices that I'm going to make. So you understand what we're doing? This is your prayer. This is your moment. So open your heart to him. Are you ready? Here we go. Ready. Dear God, ready? I'm tired of being tired all the time. Think about that. Ready? I'm tired of trying to control everything. This will make you have to swallow a little bit, right? Ready? I'm tired of a life without rest and peace and margin. Ready? Forgive me for all the times I've tried to other things for relief instead of turning to you. I'm tired of what I've turned to many times instead of turning to you. Now here's the deal. Ready? I come back to you, Jesus. Say it again. Ready? I'm coming to Jesus. Ready? I want you to be the pace setter in my life. Now, that's a prayer, right? You set the pace. You order my steps. Ready? I want to stop trying to control all the things that I never could control in the first place. Ready? Forgive me for my arrogance. Hmm. Ready? Forgive me for allowing my insecurities and my ego for taking on more activities that I could possibly manage. Yikes. Ready? Forgive me for pridefully overloading my schedule. Ready? Forgive me for my life with less important things so I had no time for what matters most. Hmm. Ready? I want to learn from your model, Jesus. Ready? I want to be gentle and humble like you so I can have the peace that you offer. Jesus, you hear our words as we take communion together here. Help us to, to resonate with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd be seated, our servers are going to come. Um, what I'd like you to do, you know, this communion uh, is bread and juice that we dedicate to God. He asks us to come and to share this meal with him. You're all invited here. If you haven't given your heart to Christ, I invite you to give your heart to Christ today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit here to help us and encourage us. Uh, As they serve us, I'd like you just to think and reflect on the decisions that you are making before him today.
weak and wounded sinner, lost and left to die. Oh, raise your head, for love is passing by. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus and Now your burden's lifted and carried far away And precious blood has washed away the stain So sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus and Like a newborn baby, don't be afraid to crawl. Remember when you walk, sometimes we fall. So fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus and live. Sometimes the way is lonely, steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus and live. Or when the love spills over and music fills the night. When you can't contain the joy inside. Oh, dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus. And live. final heartbeat kiss the world goodbye then go in peace and laugh on glory side and fly to Jesus fly to Jesus fly to Jesus and live sing come to Jesus Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, and live. Sing it again, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, and
different because I came in here today. Didn't take it for granted. Sang all the songs. My heart was so full. We prayed. We listened to the Holy Spirit preach to us today. Let's be changed. Let's be what He wants us to be. Let's be healthy in all those ways that He wants us to be. Whatever you decided, whatever you're doing, come to Jesus. I welcome you to His table. This is His meal. He asked us 2,000 years ago, keep doing this. Remember me. Remember the sacrifice. Remember my broken body. Remember the beating. Let all those things, what happened on the cross, be that motivator for you. The motivator to do and be who He wants you to be. That's what we eat and drink today. So if, you're a, if you know him, we're going to eat and drink together. This is the bread representing the broken body of Jesus. Eat this in remembrance that Jesus Christ died for you. This juice represents the blood of Christ. When I think about this juice, I know it's going to get in, and it's not, it's not going to just end up in my stomach. It gets in my bloodstream. It goes all over me. It enhances who I am because it reminds me he's in me. His blood covers me. His, he empowers me through his presence. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Let's drink this in remembrance that Christ gave his life for us and be very thankful. Heavenly Father, thank you for this summer. Thank you for these concepts. Thanks for what you did in this place today. We are changed by you, and we praise you together. Today, every day, help us come to Jesus. In his name we all pray. Everybody said together, amen.